Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 98 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call it, our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in Ark. Rico. Howdy, y'all. I, uh, uh, my mouse isn't working. It'll take too long. It's a few more than last time. <laughs> Leg day. Uh, hey, it's been a busy week for me, so it looks like I'm two hours over the last podcast. So I'm at 3,982. All right, and Drake Vanders. Howdy, all. It's uh, 2,022 hours. All right. So this week, Wildcard changed its position on turning the small tribe servers into clusters, and they also checked out a Battle Royale mod called Arena of Gods in the community livestream. If that isn't enough, 50-50 troubles are still here, and do tribe logs empower large tribes but hurt small and solo tribes? We're going to find out. But before we get to all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. Bob Cougar writes, did a lot of new servers get rolled pretty easily? I won't say which one, but we have held ours pretty easily so far. I guess Evil Empire will show up at some point, though, for some fun. They always do. Hmm. So uh, there was a, a significant number of fresh servers that were steamrolled. And they got merged into the official network. But also uh, quite a few that held on. But those were tend to be servers that obviously were in one or one of the two Mega Alliance camps. So some of those didn't fall at all. I think some of them ended in stalemates, if I remember correctly. Just guessing here, but maybe the alliances are still kind of busy fighting amongst the servers they have. I think they've been a little busy this week uh, getting the characters wiped. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. A lot of character losses this week, but we talk about that later. Uh, BlazerDude89 writes, Sony has no issues doing crossplay with PC, just not their competitors Microsoft and Nintendo. They would rather people buy a PlayStation to play with friends. So that's, it, that, that is true. When they were, they were the first to do cross-platform, and that was obviously with the PC. But I figured that eventually we would see all the various competitors start to uh, let their players play with other players on other platforms because of these third-party games that are so lucrative now. It's definitely yeah. not a technology problem. It really isn't. And uh, I think this is hurting Sony quite a bit with the uh, gamer base, especially for those who play you know, games such as Fortnite and PUBG. It's a walled garden attitude. Yeah, it really is, and it's pretty much archaic and antiquated. I like walls. <laughs> okay, That's before all I'm going to say. Before we get any further with that one, uh, threats, tweets, etc. Now, a uh, player on Twitter asked Little Panda any way they could find out if the devs were releasing a new batch of Ragnarok small tribe servers. And Little Panda re responded by saying, Ragnarok is indeed one of the most popular PS4 small tribe maps. We don't have immediate plans to release any additional servers. However, we are constantly monitoring the population across all the small tribe servers and will release additional ones where and when we see fit. Note that he didn't say as needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was wondering what their criteria is for as fit. I don't know. I guess if there's an overflow of some kind, but how they're going to monitor that if people aren't trying to really eh, get on the server. Probably involves the sacrifice of a goat. Always the goat. Poor goat. Mm. Say that, Arthur. They eat your shoe. Never had my goats eat a shoe. I, I used to raise goats when I lived in Texas, so I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, Dutch the Lion writes, Surprise, surprise, Citadel of Ricks under mission to kill Thames, and goes on to say, I'm in Tribe of Void on Cross Arc 12, and we've been at war with Citadel of Ricks for several weeks now. It's been back and forth, but the only way they could do damage to us is if we were offline. That's no longer an option for them, so they've been obliterated on all their recent pushes. Yesterday, they were attacking our aberration base, and during the battle, we had Thames and people dying while they were in safe locations inside the base. After we, we, after we had lost about 10 dinos, we realized the shots were actually coming from under the map and in the walls. So I started recording when we knew they were exploiting and caught them while they were trying to kill a rock drake. The main person doing the under-mapping was... Not going to repeat that name. Uh, so he posted some uh, uh, videos of what he saw and all that jazz. And, you know, of course, where are the devs in all of this? So no resolution here. Nope, no resolution as far as I am aware of. So we'll see if anything happens. Right now, it seems like the devs are more focused on dealing with the small tribe servers right now than they are with the regular servers. Has anyone yeah. seen the video he took? 
No, I didn't. Did he even post it? I mean, yeah, he sure he posted links in his uh, Reddit post. He vo- posted uh, several videos actually. Well, hopefully it's pretty compelling, and that uh, these guys just get banned. Indeed. All right. So here's an interesting uh, post from Raven Spetcat, who writes. The tribe log empowers mega tribes and hurts smaller tribes in solos. And he goes on to say, Bigger tribes have people checking the tribe every few minutes. You do not even have to kill a tame, break a wall, and they will know it. This makes it nearly impossible for a smaller tribe to raid a bully alpha tribe. See for a turret tower or something, and it will alert them. And soon you will have wyverns on your butt. Many also have aggressive dinos acting as sentries with names like Redwood Teleporter Sentry, so they know exactly where to look when they get a message that says Redwood Sentry died. The magical telepath tribe log empowers mega tribes and alphas, but hurts smaller tribes by making asymmetric warfare ineffective. It does not help smaller tribes much, as level 230 Lightning Wyvern YSS War killed your level 70 Iguanodon. Is not of use to you when you live in a stone hut, but it does help the mega jerks by making their service nearly unrateable for a smaller tribe seeking justice and revenge. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about that one because I don't think, like, do you three actually find it, like, that no. way? Uh, as a solo player, I was so happy when they introduced the tribe logs. Yeah, I mean, first he, of he all... He did have a point about the, the making asymmetric warfare difficult, though. Yeah, so so I think he's he's focusing on one particular use case, but I think it really does help smaller tribes when they're trying to figure out who's... when they're raiding each other, at least in the early game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's like when he's mentioned about the, like, the sentries and everything, that's just that's just good security, really. Yeah. I mean, if, if you want to go as a counter against that security, have a bit of better reconnaissance. Just, you know, you can, what is it, you can technically see their names of, like, some of the dinos, like, when you zoom in, I presume, when mm-hmm. they're the enemy. So, as long as you can get close enough where you can see their name and you see something like Red Forest Sentry, you know not to kill that sentry. Yeah. I mean, still, he's right, though, it makes it harder, but I don't think people are obsessively staring at logs all day. Uh, I mean, I do, now, actually. I usually so, check like every five, ten minutes when I'm playing. Well, maybe you're a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> you know how many freaking raids I stopped because I was constantly checking the logs? Ugh. Yeah. Too many to I, count. I think it's largely the minority that will check the logs regularly, and the larger majority won't. will probably just check the logs every couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really see them doing much to this, if that's the case, because it doesn't really affect the larger majority. It only affects a small minority of players, in, in my eyes at least. Yeah. So the, the question I guess would be is, because obviously this guy has problems trying to hit back at large tribes that are bigger than him. So I guess he's having trouble adapting some kind of strategy to circumvent or try and not give it away via the tribe logs himself. Um, obviously, you wait until they're at their lowest player count numbers where there's one or two people. And generally, those one or two people are busy doing something else. They're just there watching babies. So they're probably watching TV. So you could uh, probably get away with quite a while before they look at their tribe logs and notice anything happening. Yeah. Not until you kill a dinosaur or something. Even then. Uh, I've seen it where uh, tribe mates have not noticed that a dino was killed when I log in. I say, uh, did anybody notice this happened? And like, nah. Oop. I mean, if uh, if you can find the location of a trough, destroy the trough. Um, mm-hmm. Because sometimes, like, well, for me personally, if I'm going up, if I'm a solo or a small tribe going up against a much larger tribe, I'm just going to grief the heck out of them. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to try and, it's a war of attrition at that point. If, I, if I've got more food, I'm, I'm just going to, even though I'm not killing their dinos, I can just knock their dinos down to the smallest amount of health and force them to eat all the food. So they can't really breed much, um, as an example, or just weaken, weaken them down enough to a point where you could fly in over the top. And if they don't have any turrets, which I don't see why they don't have any turrets, but if you're able to get just a few lucky hits in with like a little dilo or something, and just to weaken it, and then it will come up saying your your raptor or your uh, triceratops was killed by a dilo and whatnot, I just think, oh, it's Arg spawning stuff in our base again. Yeah. 
Well, this guy seems to think, or seems to, or he claims that uh, he tends to go after alphas on their home servers, but because of the tribe logs, it makes it virtually impossible. That's, uh, I think he's going, he's aiming too big, personally. I don't think going up against an alpha on their home server is not a very good idea when you don't have the manpower behind you. Yeah. Start small, work on their allies first, if you can all just start on the other tribes in the server first and just try to group up against one one is because I don't see a three man tribe going up against a a forty man alpha tribe. I mean it could be done, it just don't expect too much to get too much done. No, it's it's gonna be it is a war of attrition at that point. It's gonna take a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. But it is doable. Depending on your uh, goals. Yeah. Indeed. Okay, uh, let's move on. Tommy18crow writes, Enable silencer no-name feature on small tribes. Oh, that's uh, probably an oversight, right? Well, they didn't. it's not enabled for small tribe servers, but he wants it to be. No, I mean, why isn't it? That, I don't that, know. That can't be intentional. My guess is that, you know, hacking, cheaters. Probably, yeah. Uh... And that's a reflection on wildcard because it makes sense to have this feature in small tribe servers. Hell, it it makes sense to have this feature on official servers. Period. But yeah, we, we I've bashed wildcard for this in previous episodes when they first announced the that the silencer was getting this feature and then to only take it away from official PvP servers shortly after. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it makes sense for small tribe servers a lot. But I think the reason why wildcard isn't doing it is because obviously cheating but also it'll make it more difficult i guess or i assume for them to track down tribes that are working in concert with each other to take out one tribe which is a big no-no for the small tribe servers oh yeah that's a good point which is a bit strange to me personally because you'd think as a workaround they could make it yeah it wouldn't show up as a name but maybe it would show up with a unique id log number yeah for the admins to look at yeah, so like, even though that player, so if you got like six players killed in the space of a minute because some aimbotter was using a silent sniper, and it's like, you just have to get that unique ID code, so I don't, but then again, this is wildcard, they're not exactly known for their common sense. Yeah. This That's is, a understatement. This is a feature I really wanted in PvP, but because of just wildcard's incompetence to deal with cheating and hackers and a timely matter yeah it's never gonna happen Nah, it really isn't i mean what how how often do they like ban hackers it takes at least what two three weeks it it takes way too long to deal with it which should never be the case whereas most what triple a triple a games ban like waves of hackers in like a week at most Mm, sometimes though uh in some other cases it'll be in a couple months where they banned thousands of people all in one wave yeah there's also always the measure of accuracy involved mm, yeah okay um Urcanis writes with the recent change on how fortitude works i had an idea for a reek work or improvement for oxygen and goes on to say pretty simple idea high oxygen increases stamina regen speed if you have big lungs you'd be able to catch your breath faster this works for both tames and players it's kind of like how the charge pets have charge regen and charge capacity. I mean, it still counts how long you can stay submerged, but gives the stat an above and below water use. Discuss. Uh, as the first comment mentioned, uh, this makes it way too, way too much sense. Wildcard will never do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was actually exactly what I was about to say. As, as does many of the other brilliant good suggestions posted, Wildcard will never do it. Yeah, we saw Fortitude get a a little bit of a, a rework a few weeks back, I think now, and uh, makes it more useful for sure if people want to invest in there. But oxygen, yeah, I definitely like this idea. I would probably actually put a couple points into oxygen if that were the case, depending yeah. on how uh, effective it was. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably do the same as well. Um, the one thing I will say about Fortitude, since the since they gave it to us, um, I haven't really noticed much of a difference. You know, honestly, but then again, I think the highest I've gone is like 50 in Fortitude, so I don't know mm-hmm. how much you'd actually have to put in to notice a sizable difference. Yeah. Huh. Because I still get knocked out just as quickly from Trudons as anything else. <laughs> Those darn Trudons. 
But no, I'd, I'd certainly, if that was the case and it was decent, so like it uh, recharged something like, I don't know, five points of stamina every three seconds or something like that, yeah, I'd certainly put, put a few points into auction. Yep. Indeed. Alright, let's move on to Community Crunch 139, which was posted this week. And Wildcard rescinded their idea for Small Tribe Clusters and wrote, We have an update for you guys on the Small Tribes clustering discussion. In our last Community Crunch, we had announced a decision to cluster the Small Tribe servers together. This would have prevented wide-scale transfers between all of the servers and limited them to approximately eight other servers. We received a lot of feedback, with some players concerned that this would cause teaming to escalate on the now smaller set of servers. It was also brought to our attention that many players do enjoy the global server aspect and the fact they can transfer at their leisure. For the time being, we have decided that we will not be clustering the small tribe servers. We do, however, reserve the right to revisit this if, in the future, we feel the health of the servers would benefit from this change. We apologize for any inconvenience caused. Going forward, we will attempt to increase our enforcement and monitor and prevent issues as they occur. We may also consider adding separate clusters in the future that do not affect the servers currently online, but at this current time, things will be relatively unchanged. Ultimately, we want to do what is best for the health of the game, mods, and the players, and we rely on that feedback to decide when to make changes. We thank you for your feedback on this topic. It's okay. interesting to see them reverse course like that. Again, and so quickly, on another issue. Mm. I wonder how they gauge it. I mean, is it just the number of posts, the number of tweets? I would assume so. I mean, over the past few times they've uh, made announcements for certain features, there's been a pretty large backlash. And I think they're judging this from uh, many of the Discord channels they're in. Like they're in the, They tend to be on the Mega Tribe Alliance channels, which have thousands of players in each one. So that's a lot of uh, instant feedback there. Mm. And then you obviously will see some of the feedback on their forums and Reddit forums and all that as well. But, you know, it's good that they're listening, especially when these are knee-jerk decisions they're making, like Small Tribes Clusters. Pretty sure it was another knee-jerk reaction on their part when they saw, you know, a lot of uh, mega tribes or just large tribes taking advantage of the small tribe servers and, you know, just putting their players in various tribes and then just coordinating their attacks whenever they wanted. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, they did their community live stream. This time they uh, showcased the Arena of Gods mod, which is essentially a battle arena or battle royale style mod which involves everyone finding loot, gearing up, taming dinos, and battling it out to see who will be the last man standing. Um, I watched a little bit of the stream. It was born because, and I hate to rag on them, but Jen, Zenro, and Kudas just weren't selling this, and they weren't that enthusiastic about it. Uh, Jen was participating and didn't last very long and didn't even level up. She was still level one when she died, I think, 10 oh, minutes no. into the round. Whereas, you know, people who knew how to Imagine play the game were hitting, were hitting the explore notes and quickly getting those levels. Uh, here's, here's my question. Did mm -hmm. Jen sound stoned when she did this? No, she just sounded regular. Uh, to me, it's, whenever I... When, like, I very rarely watch the arcs, like the arc stuff with developers themselves, but usually when I do, Jen, to me, always sounds stoned. <laughs> it could be just how she talks, I guess. Probably, I don't know, but... I think it's just more about uh, the speed at which she operates normally. Mm-hmm, yeah. How is this different than Survival of the Fittest, though? I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm missing something. That was team-based. Yeah, that was team-based. This is solo... Well, I guess it could have uh, duos and trios and all that, like uh, PUBG and Fortnite, but right now just solo as far as I know. So survival with it is solo, basically. What makes this different than other Battle Arena games is obviously you've got dinos you can claim and use to fight. Um, yeah. It doesn't vary that much from uh, Survival of the Fittest. It's just a slightly different variation on it. Uh, for example, at the start of the game, you are given a um, wingsuit so you can glide quickly away to various areas of the well, map. Well, there actually is a reason why this isn't that different from Survival of the Fittest. Because it was originally meant to be an alternate mode of mm -hmm. Survival of the Fittest. That was what the mod was made at. I didn't realize, oh. Marina, which one you were talking about until I checked uh, their, their page, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is from the Dragon Punk crew. I know this mod. Yes, it is. I played around with this mod. It's really, it is better than the, the than the one Wildcard came up with. Yeah, and Dragon Punk has 
seems to have quite a bit of uh, support behind them. They are hosting a, an event that I think started yesterday, and they're giving yeah, it's the out. For, it's the lead up for the the release of their map. Yeah, and it's gonna and they're offering ten thousand dollars in tournament prizes total, which I thought was quite hefty for something just popping oh, up, especially since it's their mod. Patreon is insane. Yeah. Hmm. They, then, their, their quality of work really uh, pays off. You don't uh, like Arena of God is basically something to show off their their skill as programmers more than re, uh, revitalizing the game. Their other mods are insane. Right. Hmm. I must admit, though, it's like yeah, they're offering out uh, ten grand prize, but uh, because that's another thing as well. Has Wildcard still given? Has Wildcard given the uh, the cash prizes yet? That people are apparently still <laughs> waiting for from Survival of the Fittest. I hope so. I haven't seen anything on Reddit about it, but I hope they finally did pay Because, off. I mean, credit with credit still, I hope if the uh, Dragon Punk guys can do one better and actually get that payment to the people on time, mm-hmm. they'll have a far better reputation than what Wildcard has for giving uh, prizes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to check out the mod. I'm curious about it because, like I said, the community live stream just did not do it justice. I'm assuming that Dragon Punk will just basically, the winners will just have to engage in a PayPal transaction. That's how they handle their uh, their donations well, and, no, uh, and um, stuff other than, uh, the, I, I said um, Patreon, but I actually meant uh, they're just their general donations. Yeah, so uh, they're giving out Steam gift cards. So uh, first oh, place will get easier. a $1,000 Steam gift card. Next 10 winners, or winners, but next 10 places will get a $100 Steam gift card, and then $50 Steam card, $25 Steam cards, etc., etc. So yeah, they're just giving out Steam gift cards as uh, the tournament prizes. Ah. Uh. Which, you know, works. I'd rather have the cash personally, but I'll take that too. Yeah, the cash, uh, I'd like that uh, personally too, so uh, you know I can actually get food with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I'll ever like, for example, the one thousand uh, dollar gift card for Steam. I don't think I'll ever spend like a thousand, a thousand dollars on Steam. Like maybe a couple of years worth of Steam sales. Maybe. I don't even want to guess how much I might have spent on Steam because when I had a job. So I don't even want to think about it. But uh, yeah, I definitely want to check out Arena of God, see if it's any fun. I played Fortnite, and it's fun except for the building. I hate the building, and I hate the RNG when it comes to the weapons, where there's different grades of weapons. I think those are two really stupid uh, features about Fortnite. I'd rather play PUBG, but unfortunately you got to purchase a copy of the game to play it, which is, you know, just not on my list of things to buy right now. Yeah, PUBG keeps going down on my list. It's like, nope, no, I need this. Uh, not gonna do me any good if I don't have a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you want just something funny out of the blue in terms of a battle royale, go for a totally realistic battle simulator, <laughs> where you're literally just going around as a rag doll and like, yeah, it's RNG, but most of the weapons you're picking up is like triple barreled miniguns and like can launchers and God knows what else. <laughs> So if Arena of Gods takes off, because Survival of the Fittest was kind of taken off, it's just Wildcard couldn't handle it and deal with it in conjunction with what they were doing with the base game and other projects they were doing at the time. But uh, if this team is able to get Arena of Gods to a point where it surpasses Survival of the Fittest in terms of players, playability, etc., etc., and continues to grow, do we see Wildcard swooping in? Or I guess maybe not Wildcard, maybe their um, owners... Snail. Snail games, yeah. Swooping in, purchasing Arena of Gods, and then going full board with it. I think they're kind of past that. I don't know. I mean, all all they would actually have to do is open up a few servers for it. Everything's good to go. Mm -hmm. Because Battle Royales are very lucrative right now, and if... The thing uh, that most people don't realize is, this is not new news. Yeah. I mean, Battle... uh, The Arena of Gods has been... It's been around for a bit. Oh, yeah. It, uh, since last, uh, mid, uh, late last year. And there's been other mods, too, that tried to bring back Survival of the Fittest in one way or another. It's just they've never caught on with the uh, ARC community. Well, I also think ARC doesn't make a good Battle Royale uh, game just because of the limitations of the engine and some of the problems with the PvP mm-hmm. mechanics. But yeah. I guess we'll see with this mod if they overcome some of that. Well, I mean, I checked it out long enough just to look. I mean, I was just looking at the the mod, the quality of the mod itself. Now, I never actually played a game of it, but as far as the the code is, 
very well done, very well implemented. And once, I mean, once you've learned how to do admin stuff for a server, it's actually very well put together uh, to, you know, configure, so. Well, you know, they kind of were technically ahead of the curve when it came to the battle arena, arena genre because at the time when Survival of the Fittest existed, DayZ was not a battle arena type style game. It was a survival game. But, you know, when you see PUBG, which came out, what, last year is when it came out and has skyrocketed, though mm. it's kind of decline right now. It took out most of the elements that made DayZ what it was and stripped it of all the survival elements for the most part, surviving from zombies. They took all that out and focused merely on the combat, and that's all PUBG is. It's a derivative of DayZ. Yeah, I must admit as well, speaking of DayZ, um, not, I don't think a lot of people will know this, but uh, during DayZ Sandlone's early development, they actually did come out with a Battle Royale mode called mm -hmm. Last Man Standing. Yeah, which had very similar play styles to what PUBG had. You literally go from building to building, just grab ammo and just shoot each other with a central area just enclosing around you. But it lasted about three months and then it died. And I don't... This is the thing that always bothers me. When a game comes out that isn't necessarily Battle Royale, but they try to make Battle Royale game, uh, game mode, it always dies and, like, a short time span yet you make a game that's dedicated to battle royale and it gets worldwide notoriety like PUBG has yeah and wildcard was kind of ahead of was sort of ahead of the curve when it came to the battle royale game they were certainly early enter um, entries in yeah they just couldn't follow through with it but you know snail games we see them trying to milk as much as they can out of the Arc franchise. We've got Arc on mobile now. We've got it on. We got Pixar. So many versions of Arc now. We got a VR game. We got uh, how many how, different, different versions of Arc is there now? Four or five? Yeah, at least four or five. Probably the sixth one's probably going to be something like uh, I, I don't know, Arc card game, Arc tabletop. <laughs> oh, there's an idea. <laughs> Maybe six and seven's probably going to be something like. Uh, I don't know, uh, like Arc Paint or Arc Party or something like that. Yep. Arc Card Ow. Game, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm just having fun thinking about what kind of cards would be in the Arc Card Game. Pull the Lost <laughs> Character card. <laughs> friggin', friggin' Arc You've suffered go. character laws. Begin all over again. Yeah. Just friggin' Arc Go, and it's like rip off a of Pokemon Go. <laughs> I would not I would play that. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of Pokemon Go, that's having a resurgence too for some reason. Oh, is it because they finally added in trading? I think so. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure, but at the same time, you still get the same amount of idiots for Pokemon Go. Yeah, true. So yeah, I do think, or I could see Snail Games really swooping in on Arena of Gods if this takes off. Well, it wouldn't. All... The other thing that wouldn't surprise me, because as I understand, the the Dragon Punk team is a lot more focused on their own total conversion uh, mm -hmm. uh, map than they are on this. This was just sort of something that they convenient did, for uh, them to work around with and play well, around with. Well, it, it was it was uh, you know as as a team they made something that works really well. It's really easy to use and they released it and it was pretty popular and now you know it's even been on the you know the Arc live stream for what that's worth. I'm pretty yeah. sure everyone who are who cared already knew about it. <laughs> uh you'd be surprised. Yeah, good point. You never know what people don't know. But in all well, my point is, I mean, they update it obviously when they make changes to some of their stuff because it incorporates a lot of their um their game adjustments. Mm -hmm. So other than that, at this point, they're just maintaining it. If if Snail Games wanted to, or you know, revitalize Survival of the Fittest, I mean, just go, hey guys, we're gonna use your thing. We're gonna buy a bunch of servers and uh, start advertising it. You good with that? <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah, so obviously... Translate like that only to angry Chinese men speak. <laughs> so obviously we'll have to wait and see how the game's going to be received when they have their own map, because this really isn't... It's supposed to be sometime this month was the last update I heard on it, so yeah. I'm looking forward. Because the island, for example, none of these maps are really ideal for a Battle Royale-style game. At least that's my opinion. Yeah, unfortunately it's like... Eh. About your comment there, what do you think makes a map ideal for a battle royale game so i think it has to be more open in ter terms of players being able to see each other 
there's too many spots on the island. Let's just use the island, for example, where it's really easy to hide and not be seen at all by enemy players. Yeah, and there's, like, even if, uh, for example, you don't destroy certain resources like certain rocks or certain bushes and trees, you can just sort of go prone in the bush and nobody will find you mm -hmm. until you have to move when the border, the border wall comes in. You see it with a lot of battle royales where it's open spaces and what trees and uh, what trees there are, they're pretty well scattered so that you yeah. can still see people moving through the trees. Um, there's really not much in the way of bushes for them because to my, hide in. My biggest foible with battle royale games is that you have a really fast beginning and then you have a really fast end. And but the middle drags. The middle drags so long because some pe people either... Okay, I'm going to kill as many people as I can, or they go the camp route and just yeah. sit in the corner reading the newspaper. And it'll be interesting to see how uh, dinos and dinosaurs play into this particular battle arena mm. style game. Because I think that will be their key selling point if they can do it well and come up with a way for it to be utilized properly. Yeah. I think right now it's at random times or at certain set times, people will be able to claim wild dinos and use them in a fight. Oh, it's like an instant claim? Yeah. For a very limited amount of time, you'll be able to instant claim, instant claim uh, a, a wild dino you come across within that time period. Hmm. So obviously there's that, that's a huge random number generator going right here because, well, you know, somebody's going to be right next to a giga that they'll suddenly be able to claim while another person that only had a little raptor or a little... Uh, Dilo next to them, or a Dota Yeah. Person. Although, I, I, I kind of wonder what dinos are actually available. Is it all the dinos, or is it like Survival of the Fist, where there's only specific dinos that are available? You know, I didn't really pay attention to what dinos were on the map when they were showcased on the community live stream. I saw Spinos, saw Argents, I saw Rexes, obviously. Uh, there were obviously Raptors, because a couple people died early on to Raptors. But yeah, I, I didn't notice what, what other dinos. I would like to think that all the dinos are... Uh, there was a Diplo. I did see a Diplo, actually, now that I re recall the video. But uh, it would be pretty interesting to see all the dinos in that battle arena mode. Though I'm I'm going to assume that when they release their map, they'll probably get rid of all the smaller dinos that you can't really do anything with, like Dodos and Dilos and things like that. But we'll have to wait and see. Well, you can still do it. A little, uh, a good amount of damage with a dialo, I think. So I think, I think most of the herbivores they'll probably remove, mm. like maybe the stegos and stuff like that, or the philomias. Yeah, it's possible. We'd have to wait and see. Okay, uh, let's move on. One final thing now on our Discord, uh, one of our community members, JK, pointed us to a known bug, and JK made some tests on officials, and apparently kangaroo pouches makes babies teleport to fifty-fifty. What? <laughs> yeah. So uh, according to him, first you render the babies or log off. The food buff is lost when no players are around. Two, log in back and drop the babies one by one and pick again to reactivate the buff. Three, one of the babies disappeared after some reading of posts and forums. Somebody suggested on a post to check 50-50. They went to 50-50 and found it there. It's happened to them twice now. They never got a death message on the first one, but went to 50-50 for the second baby that went there, and it was there. 50-50 old... strikes again. I was just going to say, 50-50 strikes again. If it's not preventing people from uh, harvesting uh, resources, it's lighting you up with turrets on the back of Quetzal platforms, or it's dropping or giving you uh, plenty of uh, dino eggs from tamed dinos. Mm -hmm. The wormhole connected to all <laughs> yeah. Quetzal buttholes. You know, when... Because uh, we used to farm 50-50 for eggs, especially Quetzal eggs and Giga eggs and things like that. Yeah, I mostly keep... our own. Mostly our own. But I was able to find out how many uh, female Gigas and Quetzals and Rexes other tribes had. And I started making a list of who had what, what level, and all that because of the eggs. Ah, <sighs> good times, 50-50. nice to know that some things never get fixed, wild card. Much like some things never get added. Dynamically bridges. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, patch notes. No patch notes this week, so we'll move on. It is now time for a rousing round of rambunctious recitations as we wander aimlessly around Arc Avenue. Whew. 
guys a lot of R's. Oh, come on, it made sense. It was good, but ow. <laughs> it kind of didn't roll off very well the towards the end there. <laughs> uh, my tongue got tripped up. I can't help it. It's hard doing the R's for me. It's really hard. So um, really don't have uh, much in the way of tips this week. We wanted to just talk about some old stories. And essentially, um, Drake came up with this idea of um, regaling you with some giga stories. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to open up with our uh, with uh, the second uh, wave of our first encounter. Mm -hmm. The opening wave is quite a painful story for Sean, because he was the first person to encounter a Giga on our map. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But later on, we were in the middle of a war, the Bastardo War that we've mentioned so many times before, and it was down to just me... Let's see, I think you were still on, on Jane was on, Grop, and uh, Lee, the, the guy that we ended up having to kick from the tribe later on. Mm -hmm. I think his name was Lee. I don't remember. He was Jack. <laughs> but he was insane in the best ways. We only lost a couple birds, more than I was comfortable with, kiting that uh, giga, because we had no idea what its aggro radius or anything like that would be. Got it across 50-50 River, right up to the enemy wall, above a little ledge. Wall opened that wall wide up, popped one round in there, and watched their entire farming herd just careen over that wall, right into that waiting giga. <laughs> and this was day one, when they were still walking nuclear bombs. Yep, this is when they were first introduced in the game, that very day one they were brought into the game uh, you guys utilized it to uh about a lot three of hours after the patch that added them in yep. almost yep. all of the starters were offline except for one guy who we knew where he was because jane had been following him around ever since i called off the uh second counterattack because i didn't want us to lose any of our few remaining rexes yep so that giga that you guys kited into bastardos who were fighting to you know, stay alive because they had offline raided us was the same Giga that I encountered and was the first to encounter as I was moving supplies and dinos to our one remaining base, aside from my own at Green Obelisk. We're so sure that Green Obelisk base was going to be a target. I thought so too, but Bastardos just, I guess, were too intimidated. They never wanted to go around that base. But, uh, so I was in the process of moving my, uh, key dinos, uh, my major rex is essentially the parents of my bloodline, which was the oldest bloodline on the server, and still is technically until the day the server went down. And I saw it, and I didn't see it in the distance. It suddenly came out of nowhere as I'm traveling across around uh, Forest Peak. No, no, it was uh, no, it not was Forest the Peak. Fangs. It was um, it was the Lower Fang. Yeah, Frozen Tooth. I frozen think is the lower Fang. One. Frozen Fang. No, Frozen it, Tooth. Yeah. Frozen Which one's tooth. the north one? It's the south one, if frozen fang or tooth. I can't frozen fang, fang is yeah. the largest one. Yeah. Frozen tooth is the smaller one. I Many think... people know it as Obsidian Mountain. Yeah, Obsidian Mountain. So I'm coming around the curtain around the northern base side of Frozen Tooth, and all of a sudden I get attacked. And I'm wondering what the hell just bit me because all of a sudden the dino I was riding couldn't move. And blood was spurting out. This was the first time. This was also the first time. Not only was it a giga encounter, but also that rendering or gashing attack it has. Mm. And so I can't move. I'm getting hit. I'm losing quite a bit of health. And this is when Rex's had fifty thousand to a hundred thousand HP. So it took a little while. But even then, couldn't move because I was constantly getting uh, bit by this giga. And I realized what it was. And I instantly had to abandon my the one Rex I was riding to save my other Rex's. The Rex that was lost was the father to the bloodline, which really, really ticked me off because I could not save it. Because the wild gigas were insanely strong. To be honest, it was only a factor of that, uh, ma of, uh, that saddle you had that let it live as long as it did. Yes, the, the apprentice Rex saddle I had at the time. which was the... <laughs> At the time, it was the highest level on the server. <laughs> it was the only one that no one had anything better for the longest time. The only other things we had better was uh, when we found uh, their cache of, of drop ones. Mm -hmm. But it was the best one we could manufacture. And that was... Well, well no, because the Bastardos, Bastardos came to me to craft their uh, Rex saddles because they didn't have anything better at the time. Well, occasionally we get a, a better out of a drop. But mm -hmm. it, that's not the same as being able to manufacture. I mean, that was the best one we could actually make on demand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah. So I ran. In, I was the first one to run into the first Giga on our server. Lost the Rex, but we. By the uh, time, I mean, in, in the and this the thing is, this sounds like it took a while. 
I was down in the bottom of our base. It was <laughs> four squares of ladders up to get to the uh, to get to the Argent Bay, and mm -hmm. then straight out of a uh, out of a Dino Gate door that was open because we were refill. Uh, I had three people on the roofs refilling turrets, so yep. all I had to do was climb a short distance, grab an Argent, and get out there. By the time I got the uh, the bird airborne and out the, of the gate, this was already over. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah. It was a matter of seconds, but geez, what a way to be introduced to the new thing. Mm. And then Lee comes up with a brilliant idea to use it. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, what? We're going to tame it? We don't even know how yet. So in other words, my Rex didn't die in vain. But uh, Drake, what's your Giga story? Uh, Well, my first, my earliest Giga story that I remember was the instance of where... Um, we had a wild giga which bear in mind this was we had a custom server at the time and we had a wild giga that spawned at max level on the island this was back when they were nuclear bombs mm -hmm. and uh it spawned on the server and it according to information i remember it destroyed up to three tribe bases before <laughs> the admin had to come on and kill it because it nobody Aww. nobody on the server could kill it we'd like tried rockets we tried rexes we tried virtually everything yep. and we even tried dragging it out to sea and trying to drown the thing and it wouldn't die see that was my standard <laughs> tactic because for a long time we didn't let other people uh um have gigas because they were too dangerous yeah we just don't want to deal with the threat which actually uh, brings me to this next story I'll tell. But uh, after a while, I got pretty good at dragging those things out to sea by myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, then I if, I, if I was lucky enough to have someone else on hand, I'd, I'd have them come out with a Moser or something. But Yeah, I must admit, there was one story I do remember of a small tribe I was with that was trying to raise a Giga in secret uh, mm -hmm. again, uh, for an alpha, alpha raid. Um, they they almost did it. They got it like to um, I think it was adolescent. It was like seventy five percent done, and then some ally of the alpha found out about it, and then just came down like so many rexes. It must have been like twenty rexes it just descended <laughs> on this little old base. Ouch! See, my my next one's uh, this was very it was very early. It was just after the war. We were still solidifying as alpha and. People were having to get used to the fact that I was the most vocal in global for the, uh, from the tribe, usually because I was um, handling the public relations department. Mm -hmm. But after we became alphas, I was I was the one that made announcements for the server. People still getting used to that, and apparently one of our neutral other larger tribes at the time uh, didn't quite get the message. And I get a message from uh, it was one of Seton's guys, uh, you know, one of the useful ones that ended up joining us later on. Oh, Shattered Syndicate? Uh... Yeah, I think it was, it was either Greed or Shovel that uh, ended up being the one that told me this. But they were like, hey, dude, uh, somebody's taming a giga over at Fire's Peak. And I'm like, oh, God, really? It is <laughs> 5.30 in the morning. I want to get off. I want to go to bed. Because <sighs> Rico Jalapeno had to smack a... Okay, mount up one of our gigas. Get the, Make sure it's got the good saddle on it, which at the time was, uh, I mean, at the time the good saddle was a normal saddle, but let's not get into that. <laughs> We, we only had a couple of saddles uh, at the time. We were still getting our gigas together. Yep. Come down the mountain, wander halfway across the map. I get across the ri uh, the river at, there at um, Smuggler's Pass, and Yaku jumps on. I'm like, dude, get on a bird, get over here, give me overwatches. Make sure nobody, nobody pounces me. Other than that, there's no problem. I get over there, and I, uh, I just, you know, spyglass, make sure they've got a couple of saber twos and one of them comes running up to the foot of my gig and i'm like hey guys you know this is against the rules right They're like what no uh what okay it is get your stuff away from that giga because i'm gonna kill the giga and i don't care if your stuff is still nearby i'm not gonna hold this uh this violation of the rules against you because you seem to be confused about it but understand i'm going to go kill it they didn't listen. <laughs> they almost lost one of their Argents because it came in to try and grab me. Yaku promptly grabbed the pilot of it, and I walked past so I didn't have to murder it. And then I killed both of the Sabertooths because they felt the need to ride next to my feet. <laughs> Apparently, they didn't know about the AoE. 
Uh, a lot so of people didn't realize halfway that. through killing this thing, just as it's getting to moderate blood decals, it stands back up. Oh God! <laughs> I, I I was very near to avoiding my bowels at that point. <laughs> you know, we knew how dangerous a wild Giga was. There is no tanking these things, and I was not. I, was, I mean, our best Giga at the time was maybe a wild level ninety. Oh, right, because it would have woken up as a wild, because the tame didn't finish. Mm, oh, yeah. yeah, it woke up as a wild. At first, I thought it was raging, because back then, raging, I mean, it, it was a massive damage multiplication for a wild. Mm-hmm. If it raged, it was over. But Yaku's like, no, no, that's, that's just the sun glare. That's just the sun glare. Keep going, keep going. So I just kept biting, kept biting, kept biting, and finally it drops. And then my Giga rages and kills me. <laughs> So Yaku just, you know, uh, throws down a freaking uh, foundation of bed real quick. I pop back on, get it back to base, and pass the hell out. <laughs> yeah, I I still remember days back when Gigas, like, I, I get it now, but to a point that Gigas can be set off really easily. But I remember way back in the way, in the day, when you only needed one rocket to set a Giga off. One mm-hmm. rocket? You need to stub the toe on a well, rock. Well, you have to remember that back in those days... It depended on the quality of the rocket. Better launcher. rockets, that's right. That's true. As if well, you had you know, mass or ascended, yeah, exactly. If you had a bolt melter, yeah. <laughs> Still not a fan mm-hmm. of the fact, by the way, not to go off topic, but that they got rid of the stats on rocket launchers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if they made it to like where crafting skill affected the damage of a rocket launcher, I could see that being okay. Just don't make two hundred percent rocket launchers, you know. But maybe have a one fifteen or one twelve, <laughs> something like that. Yeah. I, I just remember the fear ability. of base melters and. Oh yeah. So, yes. Lady, do you have a a Giga story? Yeah, I got one. It's the first time I uh, encountered one in combat. Ah. But uh, it's not. It's probably not going the direction you think. So I had just lost my character, needed to level it up, and uh, a couple of our tribe mates went out to go kill a Giga because they had the same situation. They wanted to level up as well. So we didn't have a third Giga, so I just ran after them naked as a level 2 or level (laughs) 3, and they start going after the wild. Now, at the time, there was a superstition that you wouldn't get any XP unless you somehow contributed to the attack of the dino. So as they were killing it, I stuck up to its feet despite its massive AoE, and I got one punch in. And that's when the death bite came, and I leveled up to 52, or maybe it was 57 instantly. <laughs> yeah, speaking of... Um, One of my favorite moments. <laughs> speaking of people being naked at the feet of Gigas, I, I, I got one involving Hank. Oh, God. Yeah, it was, it, this, this was, uh, it was just before the Starfleet War, I want to say. We spotted a pretty high-level wild Giga. We wanted it. It was pretty close to our uh, northern uh, beach base. So we were dragging it over there to the airlock system, and uh, I'm thinking, okay, how are we gonna kite this? Okay, I've got our, I've, I've got my uh, my taming quetzal. I've got all my standard stuff that I use to, get, uh, you know, solo tame freaking gigas. And this thing will just not follow me. I, I'm putting rounds into it. I'm putting arrows into it. I'm, I, I even flew down and smacked it in the face with, with my quetzal's face, and it just refused to follow. Mm-hmm. And Hank's on the back of the quetzal. Is like, okay, I got an idea. Hold on just a second. I see him open up the inventory and, you know, get the message. Stuff's being added to the uh, to the Quetzal's inventory. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, boy? Just stay high uh, high enough up that it can't destroy the bed. Oh, God. <laughs> really? You're gonna die! Smacks it, starts running, it's chasing him. He's not dying. It starts to lose interest. He turns around, smacks it again, keeps running. <laughs> this this went on for 15 straight minutes. He got it into the uh, the airlock system and out the uh, and out the other side, closing it in, pl- in place while naked. Oh and he, didn't, he only had a 115 sp- uh, speed score. He shouldn't have been able to outrun that thing. He didn't have particularly good health. Yeah. He, he just I don't know. He kept jumping forwards at just the right moment to avoid the death. And then uh, he uh, then he climbed uh, used a grappling hook to climb to the top of the, the uh, frame like I occasionally did to shoot down from the top of the gate frame and he found out why that's not always a good idea when he got bit and <laughs> launched across the map. Uh, there's one there's an, actually two Giga stories as well which I do want to just quickly talk upon. One is uh, and this is to everyone else and as well. Your Giga stories of the Gigas in Tech Cave, because I don't know how. I put. I put. I assume you've all done the Alpha Tech Cave and have meeting the super high level Gigas in there. 
Mm-hmm. I, I've uh, I, I've uh, done it a few times uh, legit and solo, although I haven't done the end boss legit and solo. Mm. I speed well, past them. It's uh, rather harrowing to walk between the legs of a Giga. <laughs> yeah, I had the instance of... Um, so usually you're supposed to meet the Gigas like, at certain points in Tech Cave. I got down to the very end towards the portal, and all three of them spawned in the exact same spot. Oh, <laughs> and bearing in mind we had like we had something like 10 rexes all equipped with tech armor basically the best armor you could get because we had a mod which let you upgrade your items blah 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 and what happened was is that all of our 10 rexes got absolutely destroyed because they were all level 480 or something like that with insane mm-hmm. amounts of health and it's just a case we managed to get to the boss but we had no Rexes, there was like, seven of us died, there was only three of us that managed to make it to the boss, so we thought, right, better just kill ourselves <laughs> and there's no way we're going to get through this. And I think the other one was, it wasn't, this was a gear story of a mod called Extinction Core, which added a unique Alpha Giga, and I, I'm pretty sure that... Just the name of Alpha Giga should send a chill down your spine. <laughs> but was this mod, yes, it oh. was about as size of a Titan, um, and it was unkillable. It the mod treated it as a boss monster that, when summoned, would seek out all bases and destroy them. It was basically the server kill switch, and someone summoned it <laughs> without telling any of the admins. So uh, yeah, they had quite quite a fun story when all six bases on the server bearing in mind a server which had insane population was just annihilated by this unkillable giga that not even admin <laughs> kill commands could kill it <laughs> <laughs> we found out the admin kill command doesn't just like do a com- designated command to kill it just does an insane amount of damage which is something like five five yeah, it's, it's, it's like it's 10k damage. To, uh, three, it takes three alpha kill commands to kill one of uh, of Rockwell's tentacles. Yeah. Jeez. So, it, it, like, this was... The number, like, you look on the stats of this alpha giga, it's like, it was just a bunch of zeros. You couldn't even see a single digit of, like, a one or two. It was just a, a whole line of zeros. And you just <laughs> couldn't kill it. And, like, it... If it roared, it would knock you off your mount, and you'd be stunned for 30 seconds, so you couldn't even fight back. Um, it would scare your dinos away, like with Utaranus, even if it was another Giga. Um, and, like, one bite it would kill you, even if you were riding on a dino. <laughs> <laughs> It's so, amazing how... Uh, go ahead, Lady. Well, I was just, just thinking about this. For some reason, I started thinking, like, what if there was, like, an all-powerful dinosaur like that that could self-teleport to other random works? Uh, no! <laughs> what is wrong with you? Stir the pot a little bit. Wandering apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it is amazing how uh, big of an impact the Giga had on the game and the early Giga, how strong it was that... Oh, yeah. be nerfed I remember quite Jane a bit. always wanted it gone. He uh, felt like it ruined the proper straight-up fight of the Rex battle. We had a lot of uh, tribe mates who thought it just ruined yeah. the game and the PvP aspect. I, I think it was a right concept to add. It was just poorly executed. Mm-hmm. To be fair, there was that incident at the, at the end of the fir- first actual battle during the Basarda War where I was chasing down their most powerful Rex naked with a spear, and it was running away from me because I was killing it. <laughs> <laughs> but we had just finished a rather long one-on-one duel, and I died, respawned, but it did the fun thing where it doesn't respawn into the bed you tell it to, it just drops you somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and I had run back, harvesting as I went, trying to intercept the, uh, the, their albino rex on the way out, and I, I caught up with it. But you know, hey, it's only so much damage you can do with a spear. Yeah, yeah. I, I must admit as well with the Giga um, when it was tamed, and like because I think I mentioned this before we started the podcast, the Giga's probably the most nerfed dino in Ark. Because it yeah. must have received like 10 nerfs at the very least. And going back, I just remember all the different ways that people had to buff the Gigas that were tamed. Such as that recipe 
you guys made, which may you could make a giga mm, run for twenty yeah. minutes. <laughs> yes, it was like five thousand dodo eggs or something or kibble. Yeah. Oh yeah, like that. I delivered those eggs to the guy making the the, uh, uh, the, the recipe. Uh, yeah, just because we wanted to see what it would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I that mean, was when you could feed uh custom recipes to your diners. Yeah. And it's just like I, I, I miss I miss those days, but at the same time I just wish like if I ever do the TLC pass again, let them do the giga. I mean even if it has like the model doesn't change, at least if they adjust it's adjust it to such a way that it's actually viable to use again. Mm-hmm. Because when I first heard of the Giga, I instantly thought, oh, it's going to be this Berserker Dino. You can just run it into a field, let it run amok, and it will do all the job for you. You just have to be out of the way, otherwise it will kill you. Yeah. I mean, we have, I have a video up on my YouTube channel where uh, I showed one of our, just one imprinted Giga versus a Wild Titan, and how quickly it demolished a Wild Titan, I think two or three minutes, and mm -hmm. no more than that. Now you wouldn't want to try that with a Wild Titan, because... Their rage is so easy to rage now, for example, and they have been, you know, nerfed quite a bit since then. Yeah, I don't think it's true. even possible for just one imprinting Giga to take on a Wild Titan. Although I'd love to see somebody prove me prove otherwise. I'd love to see a video of it. Well, if I manage to uh, actually get this 120 Giga that I recently tamed, imprinted um, with an egg, I'll uh, let you know. <laughs> All right. Um, anybody have anything further to add, or we can just trying to that? think of. Uh, I mean, uh, some of the uh, some of the tame or uh, the first times I was helping like Ganwar tame, it was just. It's funny from the perspective of an alpha who's used to solo taming it, watching like twelve guys fumble around and die. <laughs> also, something I will really quickly touch on: How many of you dreaded imprinting a Giga? Oh yeah, I've heard the stories. Like, Never tried. To 100% imprint on official Giga, and like if a Wyvern was bad enough, a Giga must have been just. Let me just it took hang me myself. And, like, three or four other people doing account sharing for, yeah, for some of our harder came uh, for some of our harder stuff, and you, know, you better get just the right group because you're if you're going to do that. We had That's what overlapping was players, hours. and we just uh, shared our accounts with each other to get those 100% imprints. That's pretty much what a lot of the uh, alpha tribes and decent-sized tribes would do. Which is why that's a bad mechanic. I mean, I have a video where I did 100% uh, imprint uh, Rexes by myself. Let me say, not fun. Not fun at all. I was so exhausted at the end of that. Yeah, I can I can sympathize with you there, especially when trying to do seven Rexes 100% imprint. Mm -hmm. And it's just... No, I, I, I actually nearly hospitalized myself because I nearly passed out from exhaustion. <laughs> yeah, I can count on one hand the number of creatures I've 100% imprinted, and uh, it's just a mechanic I never liked. Yep. Which is, which, which is something as well I will say for possible Ark Avenue segment in the future. Has Ark ever hospitalized someone? <laughs> Probably. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I know stories of people playing it from the hospital. <laughs> okay, that's in a whole new level of like uh, dedication. Uh, I'd have to do some uh, looking around and see if I can find any stories because I don't think we ever recorded or reported on any stories where people's health had gotten so bad that they had to be hospitalized. At least not with this game. No, yet. I I know that the um I I know they recently classed gaming addiction in like was it yeah. the, the FDA or something? Who yeah. It, it would be World hard. Health Organization, aka yeah, people fine. whose opinions mean nothing. Yeah, it would be hard to blame the game directly because what you're probably going to find is cases where people finished doing a tame and then went to work without any sleep mm -hmm. and got an accident. Yeah, yeah. Just stupid stuff like that that can be avoided. All right, it is time to close out episode 98 of the Archaeologist Podcast. Thank you to our participants this week, and thank you for listening to us on YouTube. If you have enjoyed this week's episode, feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel. You can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below. Goodbye and stay alive, survivors.
Hello everyone, Sean D. Knight again. I just wanted to let you know that I have started up a new podcast that emphasizes on writing the book and my journey to become a self-published author. If you are interested in becoming a writer yourself or just love books in general, then check out the Knight Writer podcast and listen as I struggle to complete my first novel. We also have a Discord channel for aspiring authors and enthusiasts, which I will provide a link to. As always, thanks for listening to the Archaeologist podcast.